You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. An ISIS hard drive suggests the caliphate's plans for inspiration as it enters exile. Facebook's Sunday outage remains unexplained. Microsoft deals with a breach in its consumer webmail products. A researcher drops an Internet Explorer zero day that may affect you even if you don't use IE. CISA warns of bugs in widely used VPNs. Last-minute tax day online scams. Security pros advocate poor restroom hygiene. And Easter eggs in Oculus. From the CyberWire studios at Data Tribe, I'm Dave Bittner with your CyberWire summary for Monday, April 15th, 2019. We begin with a brief note on ISIS and its attempt to resume inspiration operations online following its effective expulsion from the territory it had controlled in Syria. According to the Times of London, the contents of a dropped hard drive show the caliphate retains its lethal intentions even in its present stateless diaspora. The Paris massacre at the Bataclan Concert Hall in 2015 and the New York murders by truck in 2017 are viewed as templates for angry and disaffected jihadists to use against the Dal al-Harb going forward. Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp and Messenger were down for several hours yesterday, the second major disruption the social network has suffered in roughly a month and the third so far this year. Many outlets have been quoting the only explanation Facebook has offered so far. Quote, Earlier today, some people may have experienced trouble connecting to the family of apps. The issue has since been resolved. We're sorry for any inconvenience. End quote. No cause or explanation yet, but most observers think this most recent outage was less severe than the one that hit in mid-March. TechCrunch reported Saturday that Microsoft has acknowledged that a limited number of Redmond's webmail services had their accounts compromised. The incident, which occurred between January 1st and March 28th, arose when a customer support agent's credentials to a support portal were compromised. Microsoft advises affected users, whom it's notified, to change their passwords. Enterprise users are believed to be unaffected, but people who use these services for personal accounts should be aware of the data that were compromised. These include email addresses, the names of folders, email subject lines, and those email addresses the affected users communicate with. The data do not include, according to Microsoft, the contents of any emails or attachments. Also unaffected, apparently, are login credentials. The breach carries with it the usual attendant risk of derivative phishing, so be on the lookout, whether you are among the affected users or not, for more or less plausible approaches designed to spook you into following a link or opening an attachment with a webmail theme. Researcher John Page released a proof-of-concept Microsoft Internet Explorer zero-day after Microsoft declined to patch it. 
deferring corrective action until some unspecified later time. ZDNet reports that the vulnerability could enable file exfiltration. Page says the proof of concept affects Windows 7, Windows 10, and Windows Server 2012 R2. You might feel reassured if you don't use Internet Explorer, and many no longer do. The browser has steadily lost market share over recent years. But you should still be on your guard. You might not be interested in IE, but IE is interested in you. That is, if you're a Windows user, whatever browser you use. Windows still uses IE to open MHT files, so don't trust suspicious or questionable MHT files, particularly if they arrive as an attachment to an email. On Friday, CISA announced that CERT-CC, the CERT Coordination Center, had issued a warning about vulnerabilities in several widely used virtual private network applications. CERT-CC says the applications store the authentication and or session cookies insecurely in memory and or log files. The affected products include Palo Alto Network's Global Protect Agent 4.1.0 for Windows and Global Protect Agent 4.1.1 and earlier for Mac OS, and Pulse Secure Connect Secure prior to 8.1 R14, 8.2, 8.3 R6, and 9.0 R2, and Cisco AnyConnect 4.7 and prior versions. F5 says its big IP APM system was vulnerable under rare circumstances, but that users should implement multi-factor authentication. Palo Alto Networks has a patch for Global Protect version 4.1.1. CERT doesn't know about the others, but thinks the problem may be generic to VPNs. Today is tax day in the U.S., and as the dazed, confused, or dilatory scramble to file, they should know that the scammers are prepared to take advantage of the procrastinator's reduced capacity to defraud them. Zscaler shares some 11th-hour advice. You should be aware of IRS login phishing, in which you receive an email that takes you to a fairly convincing imitation of an IRS page, where you will, of course, be invited to enter the credentials you and many like you use when you file online. It's worth noting that the U.S. Internal Revenue Service is only one of the prominent brands social engineers are vigorously impersonating. We've already mentioned Microsoft. But then there's the fake apply for EIN scam and Google SEO poisoning, which gets bogus ads for bogus employer identification numbers served up piping hot at the top of Google search results. Don't go there. And if you're in the U.K., there's still time to fall victim to the tax refund phishing campaign. Be wary, and don't let your fear and grogginess at, say, 11.30 local time tonight cloud your judgment. And happy filing. A survey of information security professionals sponsored by LastLine indicates that most of them would rather walk barefoot across a public restroom than use public Wi-Fi. We weren't aware that was the alternative, but okay. Noted. And thanks for the nice image. We'll be keeping our shoes on in any case. By the way, the survey was conducted at RSA, and we must say that the restrooms there were indeed cleaner than the Wi-Fi, so maybe last line has a point. Still, shoes on, kids. All your headsets are belong us. Do developers' goofball messages count as a supply chain hack? Facebook is embarrassed by messages embedded in Oculus VR pre-production controllers by Oculus developers. This space for rent. The Masons were here. Big Brother is watching, and hi, I fix it. we see you. 
the girls and boys are just yucking it up and having fun, but Facebook would rather this hadn't happened. We should note that the messages are physical messages imprinted in the hardware, not virtual messages that will display before your eyes in either virtual or augmented reality. They're not Oculus and its parent Facebook stress going to appear in consumer models, but if you get your hands on one of the tens of thousands of prototypes, you should know that it's not the Illuminati signaling their imminent takeover, it's just some playful Easter eggs. Nate Mitchell, co-founder of Oculus and VR product boss at Facebook, tweeted, Unfortunately, some Easter egg labels meant for prototype accidentally made it onto the internal hardware for tens of thousands of touch controllers. While I appreciate Easter eggs, these were inappropriate and should have been removed. The integrity and functionality of the hardware were not compromised, and we've fixed our process so this won't happen again. End quote. We think the Masonic reference would have been better and more believable if it had said, The Shriners were here. Managing the requirements for modern security programs is increasingly challenging and time-consuming. Enter Vanta. Vanta gives you one place to centralize and scale your security program. Quickly assess risk, streamline security reviews, and automate compliance for ISO 27001, SOC 2, and more. You can leverage Vanta's market-leading trust management platform to unify risk management and secure the trust of your customers. Plus, use Vanta AI to save time when completing security questionnaires. CyberWire daily listeners can get $1,000 off by going to vanta.com cyber. That's V-A-N-T-A dot cyber. In the dynamic world of enterprise security, identity architects and IT leaders face a major challenge. Growth by repeated acquisitions multiplies the complexity of everything. Multiple IDPs, MFA providers, policy engines that all need to coexist. This can lead to fragmented user identities and policies that create security vulnerabilities and add access friction. Strata Identity solves this. Now you can decommission unneeded IDPs and consolidate the ones you'd like to keep without rewriting apps or disrupting users, engineers, and app owners. Plus, Strata's modular architecture makes it easy to integrate with any identity provider without manual maintenance and coding. Join the ranks of cybersecurity leaders using identity orchestration, Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your top identity security priorities, and receive a pair of complimentary AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations with over 5,000 employees. Step into a new era of identity management at strata.io slash cyberwire. And joining me once again is Joe Kerrigan. He's from the Johns Hopkins University Information Security Institute, and he is also my co-host on the Hacking Humans podcast. Joe, it's great to have you back. It's good to be back, Dave. We saw uh, some news come by from the folks at Tenable about some vulnerabilities they discovered on some Verizon routers. What's what's going on here? So the Verizon Fios routers, these are the routers that you get in your house when you you get the Verizon service. Yep. 
And I probably have one in my house. Yes, I, I actually don't because I'm not on Verizon right now. Okay. Uh, but they've, they've found these vulnerabilities that let people come in and uh, can, they can change firewall rules mm. on the router and change parental uh, settings on the, on the firewall as well. They uh, can also start making a map of your network. Okay. Right? So there's three vulnerabilities here that they've published with the MITRE CVE system. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we talk about this frequently. What's being done to protect the average person here? Now, Verizon advised that there, uh, there's a new firmware update that's going to address these issues, but it's going to be rolled out automatically too, but I don't know when that's happening. There's nothing in here that says that's already happened. Uh, I imagine that, that Tenable followed a responsible disclosure yeah. um, process here. How do you feel about that sort of thing with uh, an update being rolled out automatically? Well, technically, the router is Verizon property. Okay. So it's their responsibility to roll those out automatically, mm. I would say. That would be my argument. Yeah. And they okay. should do it quickly. Okay. Uh, now, how can you protect yourself against this? This is this is the problem, the, the question that everybody's wondering. Uh, and what I've done is I've bought another router. Oh, okay. For, I was going to ask you about that. So you, can you put a, another ring in the moat around, right. around the house, basically? Right. I've talked about this before. I use Comcast right now. Here in, yeah. in, in our area, we're fortunate enough to have a choice of which ISP we can use. <laughs> okay. um, so right now I'm using Comcast. I'll probably go back to Verizon at some point in the future. The Comcast modem sits uh, is a cable modem, and it sits outside of my network perimeter. Okay. It is not a trusted device. I don't trust it. And I have another router on the inside of that, which I maintain and which I update the firmware for. Mm. I take personal responsibility for it. I don't rely on another company to do that. Now, additionally, because this physical piece of property is the property of your ISP, they actually have the ability to come into it themselves as well. Right. You don't know what, what that means, and you have no idea if you should trust that. But if they come in, they're going to see that one device is connected to, to their router and or to their cable modem, and that they can't get past that because it doesn't allow access from the outside of the network. Mm-hmm. So if you have the uh, the sophistication where you think you can handle this sort of thing, and it's not terribly complicated. It's not really terribly complicated. So if you just get a basic router from one of the many router companies available out there uh, and put it on your network, and then just make sure that uh, that external login is not enabled, mm-hmm. you'll be a lot better off. So yeah. there's no way for somebody else to to even see a web interface on your router if they're coming in from the compromised router. And I guess this is points to that, that thing we've talked about before where it's not so much that you have to make your place impenetrable. Right. It's that you make it less penetrable than the guy next door. Right. right? right? It's like the, like the burglar alarm on your house. If mm-hmm. you have a burglar alarm on your house, then the neighbor who doesn't have the burglar alarm is the one that gets robbed. Right. Verizon is saying here to uh, confirm that your device is updated to the latest version, and if you have any questions, contact Verizon. But in the meantime, uh, probably good advice to go out there and uh, get yourself a secondary router. I would, I would recommend that. All right. Joe Kerrigan, thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Dave. And that's the CyberWire. For links to all of today's stories, check out our daily briefing at thecyberwire.com. And for professionals and cybersecurity leaders who want to stay abreast of this rapidly evolving field, sign up for CyberWire Pro. It'll save you time and keep you informed. Listen for us on your Alexa smart speaker, too. The CyberWire podcast is proudly produced in Maryland out of the startup studios of Data Tribe, where they're co-building the next generation of cybersecurity teams and technologies. 
Our amazing CyberWire team is Elliot Peltzman, Peru Prakash, Stefan Vaziri, Kelsey Bond, Tim Nodar, Joe Kerrigan, Carol Terrio, Ben Yellen, Nick Vilecki, Gina Johnson, Bennett Moe, Chris Russell, John Petrick, Jennifer Iben, Rick Howard, Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here tomorrow.